Welcome to the Niners Nation podcast. Niner Nate here with you once again. And uh, Dakota Shepley, I think me and Leo definitely know who you are if we saw you at a Giants game. With me, as always, is Leo Luna of 49ersGoldMine.com. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, but how hilarious is it for Dakota Shepley to be an NFL player? He was on the team last year as well on the practice squad. And, you know, you go to the game with your boy, Mike McGlinchey, and everybody recognizes Mike McGlinchey and wants a photo with him, while Dakota's just there posting videos on his Instagram story saying, hey, I'm on the team. <laughs> so uh, hopefully you and I don't don't have that same occurrence when we go to a baseball game one of these days. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I hopefully realize it's him, you know. Uh, with us is this week is Kenny Arthur of Turf Show Times at SB Nation. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I uh, This is always the hardest part of the year, you know, uh, as far as uh, football fandom, football writing, and uh, it's just good to take opportunities to uh, discuss with other people what they've thought of the moves uh, as we have so much time until training camp. Yeah, I mean, you are our final target uh, of this NFC West uh, check-in we've been doing because we think you are going to finish at the top of the NFC West this year. I mean, obviously, we're Niner fans. We want them to finish first. But I think, um, as you'll see, I think we're pretty high on you guys. And I think, uh, you know, Leo specifically has talked a lot about how you know with the Stafford move it makes you guys mm-hmm. I mean you were already a Super Bowl team two years ago with the with the Stafford move I mean you're a Super Bowl contender and then some almost and so you know mm-hmm. we're going to talk obviously we want to talk to you about some of those guys we added from you know from your roster and then we, we're definitely talking about you know who you've added this offseason but before we you know get really into it I mean how do you feel about the Rams right now before the season starts Yeah, I definitely agree with your assessment in the sense that the Rams already uh, were a good team before, and I had always been fairly critical of uh, Jared Goff and thought that that was one area that if the Rams could somehow find a way to improve, they would really take off. And I think Stafford is a clear improvement and I am really fascinated to see a player. I'm just a, you know, I'm a fan of football, you know, more than anything else. And I'm a fan of great players. I just, I love great players. I don't care if they play for the 49ers. I, I, pl- I, I love great players. So, you know, to see a guy like Matthew Stafford spend 12 years in Detroit and get to go to a team that is likely going to be very good. I think uh, people really start to see the, the true difference between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. So, you know, when you take that and then you also have the best player in football on defense, it's hard to, and, and Jalen Ramsey, it, it's hard to not think that the Rams are going to contend for a Super Bowl. And I also think on top of all of that, Sean McVay is such a good coach. Uh, you can't underestimate four winning seasons in your first four years. Uh, uh, there's such, you know, there's the, there's the really – it's it, things got so good for Sean McVay that, you know, going nine and seven and barely missing, missing the postseason uh, uh, felt really bad for a franchise that had so many bad seasons after, you know, the Kurt Warner era. So, you know, uh, I think the expectations are reasonably high. I agree with you and uh, liking great players, just seeing great players. Uh, this is going to be a cold for 49er fans, but I actually – enjoyed watching Sherman play against other teams because he was just so fantastic. I'm talking about the Seattle days. He was fantastic at his job. He was so smart. 
he was able to just jump on a route and and know what this wide receiver is running before they can break for their route. Um, I hated watching him play against the Niners because it was just, you know, no way in hell. It just made the offense limited. Uh, but let's talk about someone that's currently on the 49ers uh, because I don't want people to tune out once I hear Richard Sherman's name. <laughs> is Samson Ebukun, former Ram, jumped ship to the 49ers now. Um, what can you tell us about him? What can 49ers expect about him? I, I think a lot of 49er fans hold him to a high ceiling because they see the speed, uh, at least the athletic metrics with Samson Ebukon. Um, didn't really get much of a share uh, as far as like opportunity to rush the passer. So that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people are putting him in this Shaquille Barrett uh, spectrum to where Shaquille Barrett with the Broncos didn't have very many pass rushing opportunities went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lit it up there I don't know if Ebby Khan's gonna have that you know same situation happen that would be ideal for the 49ers but what can 49ers really expect as a player from Ebby Khan yeah you know uh, I think my it's interesting to see the number of players who the Rams have let leave in the last year or two, how high the expectations are for those players in other areas and how often those expectations aren't met. And I I think that's just an interesting, like overarching point to be made about a lot of uh, players who leave, not just the Rams, but, you know, just free agents in general, I think, you know, you can get so hyped up for a player as a draft prospect because at that point he is nothing. He starts from zero. Uh, maybe, you know, this guy's going coming from Alabama and this guy's coming from UAB. But at any point, they're all starting at zero and people build up these fantasies in their heads of what they can do. And then that repeats itself when that player becomes a free agent. You start looking again at the measurables that happened, you know, uh, four years ago or, or this, that or the other thing, which is all just to say, like, you know, Samson Ebicom is a great example of a player who on paper does seem to do a lot of good things reminiscent of Gerald Everett, the tight end who left the Rams and went to the Seahawks this year. And I see a lot of hype about what Gerald Everett could do. I could just say that I don't expect there to be a lot of Shaquille Barrett's in the world. Samson Ebucom is a useful role player when he was with the Rams, perhaps for the 49ers who have done such a great job, um, you know, mixing up their linebackers and putting them in position to succeed. And if they want Samson Ebucom to rush the passer, passer, he may become successful at that. But, you know, for four years, four and a half sacks is a career high happened in each of the last two years. Uh, it, it, I think that's reasonable to say that Samson Ebicom might be a three or four sack player. Uh, just based on how things have gone so far in his career. And he has played, you know, similar to being able to play with Nick Bosa, you know, he has played alongside uh, one of the great pass rushers in the NFL. And he's had four years of, t- of opportunities to do that. And I thought he was surpassed by some other players, uh, you know, such as Morgan Fox, uh, who was much more productive. Uh, and I, I, that's a, uh, that's a lot of words about Samson Ebicom. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, I think the three or four sacks is a reasonable expectation. I think that they're really with the Ebicam thing. They're, they're really looking at just having more depth on the defensive line because of how badly injured they got as soon as Nick Bosa went down. And I think that while we don't know this for sure, the rumor seems to be that D Ford's going to play and Ebucam and D Ford will kind of be interchangeable in their defense. I think is that that's what their plan is. And I mean, they're kind of going with this mindset, I think similar to what the Rams are. And so this is where I kind of want to ask you a question. 
you know, the Niners defense, the defensive line is what got them to the Super Bowl two years ago. And, you know, with the Rams, the offense was what got them to the Super Bowl. I think obviously mm -hmm. you guys still had, you know, you have the best player in the entire NFL in Aaron Donald. And mm -hmm. so that's never going to be something that people are going to underestimate. But specifically, your offense was electric the year you guys went to the Super Bowl. And the Niners were there because of the defensive line. So they decided to spend the offseason rebuilding this defensive line and potentially, you know, hopefully the offense is better once Trey Lance gets in there. So I want to ask you, because this is the way we, we structured this whole thing, is I think it's Niners-Rams for this division. That's mm -hmm. my opinion. I think that's Leo's opinion. I'm leaning more Rams as we get closer and closer. But, I mean, I haven't seen training camp. I haven't seen preseason games. So I'm going to make a case to you why I think the 49ers could win the division. And then I want to hear your case why you think the Rams are going to win the division over the 49ers when specifically the 49ers – and I think – how do I rephrase this? The 49ers have taken care of the Rams the last two years. I don't think that's going to be the case. But this 49ers team, if Trey Lance comes out and I think he is who they hope he is, they could be just as good as the Rams, if not better. And so what do you think of that? Uh, well, you know, uh, I'll try and be more brief uh, and concise, but because uh, especially because your listeners, if they don't already uh, dislike me, this isn't going to help. Uh, oh, no, it's OK. They hated the Seahawks guy last week. They absolutely <laughs> hated him. I got comments all the time about how much people were just like, this guy sucks. He doesn't know the Niners. And so <laughs> you're good. That, this is your job. Like your job is for us, for, the, for our, our listeners not to like you. It's just so when we talking to you, we don't hate your guts while you're on the air yeah. with us. <laughs> My, my, my opinion is, uh, is, is actually that, you know, this is, this a real strong three team race and I don't discount the Seahawks. I'm not going to discount, uh, Russell Wilson. I'm not going to discount, you know, what I think would be an improved defense over what ha they had last year. And then also the, the new and improved offense with Shane Waldron, who comes from the LA Rams, you know, Pete Carroll making a big move there, uh, making the decision for whatever reason to steal a coach uh, and specifically an offensive coach to, to lead Russell Wilson into, you know, the next phase of his career from the Sean McVay tree. What are they going to do? I think that's going to be a big X factor. And uh, obviously they have some talent there. So, you know, I actually don't discount Seattle and I'm, I would be, uh, Mostly interested in, in what they've brought in the depth of the defensive line to maybe improve where they're lacking some of that premier talent. That being said, I, you know, I do agree that I think that the Rams uh, might have a slight edge right now. Uh, and I think that the San Francisco 49ers, uh, so much of that does depend on, you know, the quarterback position. If, it, if, if it's a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo for the whole season, that's proven to not be that bad. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, for as much as I called him overrated uh, in the beginning of his 49ers career, just because I would have never uh, made that trade. Um, but I'm not, I, nobody has ever going to ask me to make that trade for good reason, because they're never going to ask me to run a football team, you know? So, you know, they, they made a move and I was like, Oh, I don't think uh, that was the move to make, especially with all the money that it cost. And then uh, I think they proved that, Hey, look, we can go to the Super Bowl with this guy. And at this point, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's healthy and they decide that's the way to go, I don't know, you know, what you guys have decided as far as what you expect to happen. But uh, if either if that happens or if Trey Lance is at, you know, this electrifying player out the gate, which we've seen from players in the past, you know, Lamar Jackson, even though he started late in his rookie year, you know, I'm, I'm not against the idea that Trey Lance could do that either. Clearly the 49ers have so much 
talent around them uh, that I think it's a, it's a really close three team race. Uh, my edge goes to the teams that have the strong presence at quarterback, which would be Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford until the 49ers prove, uh, you know, cause they haven't been able to get that consistently together at the quarterback possession position to prove that this is the year for that to happen, which is why maybe I have the 49ers uh, a hair under, you know, in the third place right now. Okay. That's, that's fair having 49ers in third place, especially after the season they had last year, the question marks, like we don't even know who the starter at quarterback is. That's still the big mystery. Um, I got money on Garoppolo. Well, I have dinner on Garoppolo. Nate has dinner on Trey Lance. It's going to be one of those two guys. Uh, At at least we know that it's one of those two guys. Um, (laughs) So I wanted to ask you just more about the history, the, the past four games, between the 49ers and the Rams because uh, you're obviously going to be able to give myself as well as 49er fans a different perspective the other side of the coin uh, essentially so was the last four matchups kind of McVeigh versus Sala or just mm-hmm. the inabilities of Jared Goff mm-hmm. as and then lastly second part of that is you guys had Shane Waldrum uh, as an assistant on that team last year with the Rams and in multiple years. And now he's the Seattle Seahawks OC. What can you, what can we expect? Is it that going to be like a, a McVeigh offense again? Um, mm-hmm. Or is, or is Waldrum going to have like his completely different style? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that with regards to that part B, you know, I, I think it's always so d- tough to be honest about, you know, even to be honest about things in hindsight sometimes, or to just be open to the belief that maybe there is an assistant coach who had a very good talent and, and took that away from that team. And, you know, uh, Sean McVay has been uh, working, you know, I don't think that Shane Waldron is, is you know, the uh, exactly the spice that makes Sean McVay's uh, soup so spicy uh but uh, i think that like who knows you know like they lost uh, also andy dickerson who who went to seattle uh to be the run game coordinator there and the rams have lost coach after coach after coach after coach over the last three four years because of how successful sean mcveigh has been and how successful matt lafleur has been you know it seems like sean mcveigh had a better uh I quote unquote disciple come out of his tree uh, within two years uh, in Matt LaFleur than Bill Belichick did for, you know, almost 15, 16 years. And so uh, I think like they, they do attract a lot of coaching talent like Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator last year who comes in and one year and then one year later is the head coach of the LA chargers and uh, is similarly a, you know, a younger guy, I think 38 years old, same as me. So uh, and I'm not doing anything. So, uh, you know, Brandon Staley is very talented. He goes to the Rams and, uh, and immediately goes uh, there and, you know, similar to Shane Waldron and the separation of him and, and Sean McVay and, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the Rams did have a very significant offense in 2017 and 2018. They also had Todd Gurley as an MVP candidate both of those years. As much as the running backs don't matter, crowd doesn't want to admit it. Like, how else can you not point to the fact that Todd Gurley's presence 
it, it directly lines up with their success. Uh, and even though CJ Anderson had a couple of good games in the playoffs as well, you know, CJ, well, I'm not going to get into it, but, but like uh, <laughs> the fact is like, maybe there is something to having a really strong running game. And sure enough, at the end of last year, even Jared Goff was a little bit more successful when Cam Akers started being productive on the ground. So if Cam Akers is a, a very successful running back, that I think would open up a lot else in the offense as well. But uh, surely I think that the, the difference moving into part, you know, A of that question, I think the difference of uh, going from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford uh, should be a catalyst to some change here in the offense and offensive ineptitude that the Rams have had against the 49ers in the last four games. You know, I think you got to give credit to Robert Sala. You got to give credit to Kyle Shanahan. You got to give credit to, you know, uh, you, you know, all the great drafting that they've done to, to load up that side of the ball and the signings. So, you know, the 49ers uh, have won those four games and uh, a credit to them for doing that. I, I think like it's, it's just such a tough division. You know, there's uh, the Rams, the Seahawks can't beat the Rams. The Rams can't beat the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I think the Seahawks are being the 49ers. I don't know, but uh, it, that's like, if that's like the nature of the division. So yeah, I, I do expect it to, to go differently uh, this year. Although it doesn't, it could be just two very awesome close games that either team wins. You know, there's so much about this whole, you know, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford thing. I think a lot of the 49er fans wanted Matthew Stafford. I think there was a lot of rumors the 49ers were after Matthew Stafford. What is the big thing? Obviously, we've heard the McVay quotes. What is the big thing as a Rams fan you expect to be the difference in having a Matthew Stafford over a, what we call Jared Goof? <laughs> uh, Matthew Stafford is a murderer. I mean, he's a very nice, kind, but he's a murderer. And uh, when you get into that fourth quarter, you need a quarterback who's going to go out there and get some kills, you know, and uh, really murder out there. And uh, that wasn't Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff has some nice skills. Uh, the Rams were very good in the first quarter uh, with Jared Goff, but he did not kill uh, in the fourth quarter. If it was kill or be killed, uh, he went in the ground. So uh, I really think that Matthew Stafford, that was the specialness that he brought to Detroit, you know, and, and we can talk about the improved athleticism, the improved arm, uh, the improved throws, the accuracy. I mean, Jared Goff, not a very accurate quarterback, not a very uh, good at protecting the football. You know, Matthew Stafford, maybe he's going to throw uh, even a couple more picks than Jared Goff, but he's also going to throw a lot more touchdowns. And when it comes down to the fourth quarter, uh, this is going to be the difference that I think, you know, 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals fans, anybody is going to have to be most scared of is you've got Matthew Stafford. And if the Rams are down four points, you know, with eight minutes to go, it's Matthew Stafford throwing to Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Jackson, Tutu Atwell. Uh, he's got Cam Akers back there. Uh, uh, one of the better offensive lines over the last three or four years with Andrew Whitworth, uh, Tyler Higby. I just think that it's going to be, um, a much more exciting and potent offense in the fourth quarter than it ever was with Jared Goff. You mentioned guys like Tutu Atwell. <laughs> that is a good yeah. name there. That is the all-names team. Uh, specifically, like I, I think a lot of people haven't heard of him. So when you think about this Rams team, and you guys obviously spend more time thinking about the team and the roster all the time, what are some names that kind of 
Niner fans should be on the lookout for when they do see each other. I think the first matchup is uh, week 10 mm-hmm. um, in on Monday Night Football. I think it's in San Francisco, I think. Pretty sure. Yeah, some of the names by maybe like, yeah, week 10. You know, Tutu Atwell, uh, I don't know how, how much of an impact he will have. A lot of rookies don't have an impact under Sean McVay. A lot of them play very little or uh, just don't really uh, blossom right away. That being said, Cooper Cup was a guy who came out and he was a second round pick uh, or maybe no third round pick. And uh, Tutu Atwell was the Rams second round pick 57th overall. A lot of people said that was too high, uh, but whatever. And uh, Tutu Atwell's comp was actually Deshaun Jackson in terms of size, weight, speed. And the Rams signed Deshaun Jackson, uh, who is 34 and has missed uh, 75% of the last two seasons. Uh, So expectations, I think, should be pretty low, but they gave him $6 million. So they believe that Deshaun Jackson will be uh, good to go. And uh, that might be a surprise uh, addition for uh, a lot of 49ers fans. Uh, If Deshaun Jackson is still healthy by week 10, and like I said, I just wouldn't necessarily expect a lot from Tutu Atwell right away unless there is an injury uh, another name to look out for in the wide receiver department would be van jefferson who was the Rams' second round pick last year and uh, like i had said uh, did not play a lot but also kind of had opportunities and then uh, lost those opportunities uh, just for whatever reason uh, but he could be a guy that emerges in year two we'll have to really see in, in training camp uh, and one more offensive guy that i would throw out there maybe is jacob harris he was a fourth round pick um out of ucf he was drafted as a tight end uh, but he is barely 220 pounds so that that seems a little light to to play tight end they're trying to work him out there but he might just be an offensive weapon uh he he didn't start playing real football until you know uh senior of high school and then was going to go play soccer in college, but then opted to uh, pursue this football thing because he's basically 6'5", 220, runs like a 4'4", just some of the most insane uh, athletic numbers. And he actually is the guy that stood out the most at OTAs. So Jacob Harris might be a guy who uh, makes a a player two uh, that not a lot of 49ers fans have heard of. And uh, to give you one on defense, Sebastian Joseph Day, who's been around for a few years now, um, but he's a nose tackle. He plays next to Aaron Donald. He's been starting for a while, uh, but he hasn't really sort of made that huge next leap forward, but he's starting to pick up momentum as a guy. Now that Michael Brockers is gone, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day is a guy who might you might hear of uh, a, a lot more of next season, and he could potentially become a very good player. You've touched on Brandon Staley briefly. I, I want to focus in on the defense there. Brandon Staley was a huge addition to that defensive mind room uh, last year. Um, do you think, like, now that he's with the Chargers, do you think that there could be a, any little fall fall off, whether it's, say, second quarter adjustment or second half adjustments, which – Brandon Staley was the best at last season out of all defensive coordinators uh, was those second half adjustments. I understand Raheem Morris is in building there and he, he did a hell of a job with what he had in Atlanta. Do you think that this personnel of the defense is just going to keep them top 10 no matter what, or are they going to have just moments on top of moments on top of moments 
that's going to make this this fans and organization miss Brandon Staley and have 49ers fans glad that he's gone. Uh, yeah, you know, as far as like play calling and X's and O's, like I love hearing that type of stuff and reading that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's not my specialty necessarily to uh, even speak to the, to the minute differences or the, uh, not even minute, but like the, the X's and O's differences between Raheem Morris and Brandon Staley. So uh, have at it there, uh, 49ers fans, as far as uh, berating me, but like, uh, I think like the big, one of the fun things about Brandon Staley is that he's one of his talents is chasing talent. You know, he played, uh, or excuse me, he played, he, he, he coached in Chicago. He got a job with the bears coaching Khalil Mack. And then he goes and he takes a job with the Broncos coaching Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And then he goes to a defense that has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And now he's with the chargers team, you know, that has Joey Bosa and Derwin James, uh, and, and some other good players. And like, that's definitely one of his talents is, uh, always knowing, uh, that the talent matters, uh, and following those guys. And I think that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. So I uh, plus, cause I think Brandon Staley as he's, he's a very open and honest and nice guy. And, and I think he would say like, Hey, everywhere I've been, I've learned from these guys, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, you know, he's learning, he's soaking it up and he's going to put that in with the chargers. And I think that clearly Brandon Staley is a talent. Like I said, in, in the sense that Sean McVay, if you want to, it's like, if you want to go to the NFL and you're a, you're a premier player, uh, you go to Alabama. If you want to, if you think you're, you're one of the fast rising assistant coaches and Sean McVay calls you, you take that job. You know, so it's like there there is that like sort of influx of talent. So when you go from Brandon Staley to Raheem Morris, surely there there should be some differences and could be different some differences. What I find stunning about Raheem Morris is that last year was the first time he had been a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, after all of those years being a head coach, being an assistant, uh, this was his, last year, 2020, it was the first time he was a defensive coordinator in the NFL. And he'd only spent one year as a defensive coordinator, even at the college level. So uh, there's so little to know about what he will decide to do from a scheme standpoint as it is. But I think Raheem Morris and Brandon Staley will uh, in enjoy the same, uh, uh, you know, reason, you know, that they <laughs> sometimes have good years or whatever, which, you know, having Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, uh, as well as some other very talented players like uh, Darius Williams and Leonard Floyd, uh, and, uh, you know, some rising players like Jordan Fuller and Sebastian Joseph Day. Uh, I, I think that you probably go from maybe first to fifth or sixth or something like that, but that's still pretty good. Uh, the oh, fact yeah. that they were first at all means that like, yeah, you don't want to hopefully see like a big fall there, but I do expect somewhat of a fall. You guys have a 39-year-old tackle, like 39 yeah. years old. I 40 mean, in December. <laughs> 40 in December. And the, it was interesting because you guys were so good. You go to the Super Bowl, right? And that offensive line was so good. And then the following year after that, it just kind of fell off. And then last year, you guys kind of seemed to get back to maybe not top tier, but, you know, decent offensive line plays. So, Sticking with the offensive line, how do you feel about the offensive line? You know, looking at the fact that you have a potentially 40-year-old tackle now this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I think uh, what's interesting about um, Andrew Whitworth and his age is uh, when he was healthy, he was one of the top left tackles in the NFL last season. 
Uh, his first eight games, you know, he uh, was one of the highest graded, rated uh, left tackles in the league. I think, you know, the offensive structure is such that it, it allows, you know, uh, that to happen a little bit more than maybe some other places where it might be a higher level of difficulty. Uh, certainly Jared Goff got the ball out quickly and there wasn't a lot of deep throws. So you know, that helps with reduced numbers of sacks and that kind of, that kind of stuff. But I do expect Matthew Stafford to even take some more sacks. He's going to stand in the pocket longer. I think he's going to take some of those uh, more chances and he's going to believe in himself to uh, really extend plays and such. So uh, it could be a tougher assignment for Andrew Whitworth this year, uh, backup left tackle, Joseph Noteboom, um did a very good job too. So that might be, you know, part of the reason that the Rams feel confident or comfortable with their uh, depth right now at uh, tackle because Joseph Noteboom was was plenty good and and I like I really think that the the change from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford will uh, alleviate a lot of the pressure on the offensive line even if they have to stand in there a little bit longer. Uh, I just think you're getting such a better player, a better thrower back there uh, that everybody's going to come out looking better. You know, great quarterbacks make great offensive lines a lot of the cases so um uh i think that that'll that'll be a big difference uh for them rob heavenstein on the right side uh some mixed reviews but uh overall uh pretty solid for a right tackle and there will be uh, uh some new names uh some some familiar names in the mix at center and guard but yeah not nobody really notable no weaknesses maybe but uh maybe no like real strong strengths in there either Okay, I, I'm gonna ask you to make a way too early. It's a way too early projection, but a bold projection, I guess. Um, yeah. So as we sit here in June, where do the 49ers and Rams go? Do they split? Do the 49ers make it six, six, uh, or three straight years, six victories mm-hmm. over the Rams? Uh, or do you think the Rams are just more superior and they get the 49ers back and get them twice? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's so interesting to think about like what what how wide of a spectrum i really have on the 49ers in terms of everything that depends on uh the play at quarterback um Mm -hmm. i I mean i i imagine it has to be better uh than than last year i I do you know want to believe in in trey lance as well um it's just that there's so it's just been such a long break for him uh and uh i i think that all that stuff being considered, you know, uh, probably a split is reasonable. You know, if each home team uh, wins their game, uh, I think that sounds perfectly reasonable because obviously the the 49ers have have had the advantage for a while now, and it's mm-hmm. going to be up to the Rams to to prove that there's a difference. So I, I wouldn't really go to that point of saying uh, that the Rams would win both of them. Uh, I think that the best you could maybe say right now is that they, they would like to split those games this time uh, at the very least. I'm going to give you a more crazy scenario because I'm the hype guy here over at Niners Nation. So I'm going to do something crazy, right? We get to week 18, which why that's wild to say, first of all, yeah. Um, Week 18, the San Francisco 49ers and the, and, the, and the Los Angeles Rams have the same record. Trey Lance has started the whole entire season. They're sitting around on the same record. Winner wins the division. From the Rams' perspective, what is the reason that the Rams win that final game at Sophie Stadium? SoFi Stadium, sorry, my bad. <laughs> I mean, if, 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 I wasn't meant to, wasn't trying to talk smack on your, your stadium. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but what is the reason the Rams would walk away from that game with the NFC West division title and probably the one or two seed most likely? 
I think it's got to just be a very, you know, straightforward, uh, obvious thing that they didn't take care of in the last game uh, is the, the reason is that they protected the football, you know, and uh, the Rams had major ridiculous issues doing that last season. They, they had a turnover in all 16 games, which is insane. Um, and uh, so much of that had to do with how bad of a quarterback Jared Goff is. You can say um, it's okay. He's not on your team anymore. He doesn't, he can't. No, I just, I just, it's not, I think that's a, a little <laughs> past, past its prime. Uh, you know, I think that was used up already, all the goofs. Uh, so that I would need to come up with something a little bit, uh, newer for 2021, but I, I think that uh, Jared Goff, uh, like I said, I never really, but all of the turnovers last year, uh, and they had four turnovers in the last game against the 49ers. Uh, Jared Goff really, yeah, he just stinks, you know. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but the but the I think that Matthew Stafford does not stink. So, um, I think the big thing there is as much as fun as it could just be like, yeah, to go back to that fourth quarter comeback thing or whatever. I, I think uh, the big difference here is protecting the football while while not sacrificing the ability to move down the field, which is like the that was like the if and or of the Rams season, which is like, okay, we can play really conservative ball here and do nothing and score 17 points, or you know, we can go for it. Uh, but now there's you know, but there could be three turnovers. So uh it got pretty ugly there. So I'd say uh protecting the football has to be uh the focus there in the 49ers games, uh certainly uh against such you know, sometimes such good ball hawks on that in that on that team. So uh, that would be the thing. I've been telling Leo that game Sunday night football for sure. Niners Rams for the division. That's I could be. I'm putting my money there. I'm not putting the Niners on money on the Niners winning the Super Bowl, but I'm putting the money on that being the NFC West title game. Yeah, it's not going to be Seahawks Cardinals. I know that <laughs> the Cardinals aren't getting anywhere near that. <laughs> yeah, poor Johnny. Um, I got one more fun question for you. Okay. You yeah. have a Will linebacker. He has a name that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. I just want to hear you say it. Agbania Akaronquo. Uh, yeah. A what? <laughs> I mean, that's, wow. uh, yeah, I, mean, uh, I think uh, that's fairly accurate. Kenny, how many times did you have to practice that? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, you know, the funny thing is that Agbania Akaronquo, I mean, again, like, I don't know if I'm saying that 100% correct. I would, they actually, oh, if you go to the Rams yeah. website, this is the thing to do. You go to the Rams website, they have uh, a whole page of pronunciations for the, for certain players. Uh, so that's one way that I've, I've learned. Um, and I think they might even have a play button or something like that, but, uh, you know, that was one of the easiest names that I had ever learned to spell because it's really just, he's only got O's in his last name. So it's just Okoronkwo. Uh, it's pretty easy uh, to remember. And then Agbania, I just remember it's like, okay, this one's not all O's, but it's close. It just ends with an A and that's pretty much how you can remember Agbania Okoronkwo. I'm impressed because I can't even say the name of uh, our new safety from Oregon. So that's impressive. Diamador. Diamador. Come on, Diamador Lenore. It took me a while. It took me a while to figure it out. Um, Leo, is there anything else you want to say before we close this thing out? No, I, I, I think we're, I think we're all set. And uh, I, I appreciate Kenny coming on, talking with us. It's, it's always nice to hear. Uh, you know how you flip the pillow over and it, and it's a little more colder it's always nice to to hear that uh 
reality of how somebody else views your team because then we will all look at it you know uh, being positive being being you know biased to our team Mm -hmm. so it's good to see you know where where this team get better and and get more of a realistic view i guess I, it's it's been interesting too, uh, Kenny, with this whole NFC West preview we've been doing. The most common thing we heard from not only the Cardinals, not only the Seahawks, but now from the Rams is that nobody knows who our quarterback is going to be. Right. We don't know. Nobody knows. And so it's kind of like a little trump card we have because at any point Trey Lance can come out and be Patrick Mahomes, and then nobody knows what to do anymore. If I mean, yeah, if that's that's the the it's the nice thing is that it really is as simple as that. You know, if he's great, the 49ers are going to be great. It's not going to be like the Chargers where Justin Herbert was great, but they still had so many other problems, you know. So I, I think like if, if Trey Lance is great, like Justin Herbert was great, then uh, the 49ers have no reason not to be great as well. We, we, me and Leo both have dreams every night of Trey Lance being Justin Herbert. So thank you for putting that into the stratosphere just now. <laughs> no problem um if people want to check you out they want to flame you talk, you know yell at you as a niner fan i'm kidding of course don't do that but how can they check out your stuff nope it's pretty easy to, uh, to avoid all that because i don't do social media okay. uh, and i don't know that uh anyone would want to follow turf show times on twitter uh if you're listening to this but uh yeah that's i don't i personally don't do that well we'll tag turf show times in this post and whatnot but we really appreciate you coming on We'll have to have you on again before the uh, Week 10 matchup. We'll talk about, you know, where the teams are, who the quarterback is for the 49ers by then, hopefully. And uh, uh, we'll get all that figured out, and we'll definitely bring you on and maybe talk some smack before the big game. Uh, Leo, is there anything you want to talk about before we leave? No, I think we're all set. Uh, How can they check your stuff out? Yeah, go ahead and check me out at L-E-O, L-U-N-A, 93. I don't know why I spelled it out, but, hey, I did it. So, (laughs) Leo Luna, 93. (laughs) <laughs> and you could check me out at nine and eight forty nine. Um, it's been a fun time with this NFC West preview. We're almost to July. It's coming. Get ready. The Trey Lance Jimmy Garoppolo debate will begin very soon. We will see you next time on the Niners Nation podcast. Take it easy and go Niners. Go Niners.